right, guys. Welcome to another episode of uh, the Dirty Giants podcast, Newly Story Monday. Uh, today we got one of my best friends, Tanner Baird, and he's going to tell us about um, a buck he harvested a couple years ago in Colorado. Um, so we'll kind of just like jump right into it. Um, I don't know. Do you want to just start out, kind of like, tell us how how you kind of drew the tag and what you did to prepare for your hunt? Yeah. So, uh, um, hi, I'm Tanner Baird. Uh, so I, um, I think it was, I think I had about seven points for Colorado, which if you know Colorado points, it's kind of a crappy place to be because you're in between being able to draw a bunch of points and or just, you know, hunting wherever, and so uh, that, that specific... Yeah, that's kind of no-man's zone right there. Yeah, yeah, it's not a fun place to be, and I and I had been gone for a couple of years, you know, out of hunting, so that's why I had seven points, but uh, anyway, so I, um, we heard that the, the uh, dates were going to be a little bit earlier uh, that year, or so, or sorry, a little bit later that year, um, not nearly as late as they're going to be this next coming year, but they're still pretty, <laughs> yeah. still pretty late, you know, as far as usual. So I I looked into getting a second season tag for um, for a better unit, you know, because that way I'd be able to draw, and then hopefully they'd start to pre rut or something or start moving around. But anyways, I I ended up putting in for uh, I I don't do do you want me to say units or not say units? Or <laughs> that, that's up to you. It doesn't matter to me. But yeah, you want to keep I, I, for I'll, I'll just say I just put in for a really good unit, and yeah. uh, I have seven points for second season, which was like I, I think I had like a fifty percent chance to draw, which is pretty good. So I um, but basically we were just hoping on our on. The, uh, an early snow or something. I think the hunt was like right at the end of October, um, you know. And so basically, you're you're hoping for snow, and if not, you kind of know that you're screwed. You're not going to really have a lot of activity going on. So, anyways, it turns out to be one of the hottest Octobers ever. <laughs> and, yeah, you guys uh, are hunting in your t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. So we we ended up. Um, taken off out there and, and we had a couple spots you know just from talking to people of where they should be or where they might come down for the winter and stuff and so to be honest we didn't even look at any of those places when we got there um, you know I was doing school full-time work full-time and I think I was married um, I'm pretty sure I was yeah married. you yeah because I remember when I came over I came to your guys's Oh, you know what? No, it was right before I got married, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. It was, I can't it was real close. Yeah. No, no, you know, remember I my Colorado to... buck is when you guys, like, right before you guys got engaged. That's and it right. wasn't the year after. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I, I'd been married for almost a year at that point. And so, uh, anyways, it was, which if everybody probably knows, is not the easiest for a for a woman to have her guy leave for a long, you know a long period of time during um, you know the first year of marriage. So anyway, so I finally uh, was able to get away and we got out there and and we just looked at the highest places on the map basically and we're like, well, we can try up here, you know, we can try there. We we didn't really know what to do because it was just really hot. You know, we pulled in to the town we were staying in. 
and it was really hot and anyway so we we started driving up the up the mountain and we we get on a little trail on the four-wheeler um i was up there with my dad um and uh so we we go up the mountain on the four-wheeler up this little crappy road and then we get to the, pretty much to the top and realize that there's a really nice road up there and that we didn't have to take this crappy road. So we drove down the nice road back to the truck, got the truck, put the four-wheeler on it, and drove the truck up to the top of the mountain. And uh, along the way, we had seen a couple people just glassing and stuff, and you know they were excited to see a doe or two. And so we're like, oh, crap, what did we, what did we get ourselves into? But anyways, we get up to the top, and... Um, and dump the four-wheeler again to just keep going further. A, a buddy of ours had marked a spot that was really high up on this top of this mountain that looked out above a bunch of spots where they would, like, kind of come down into the flats and down on some of that private down the bottom. And so uh, we thought maybe if we get up on these fingers, we might be able to see them in the canyons and stuff. So anyways, we're, we, uh, we're boogieing over there and, and uh like this is the first uh, you know hour or two of of us actually hunting and we pull up to where um our buddy had circled to you know to park and to start hiking from and there's like four four-wheelers parked there already oh that's the worst uh, yeah so we're like oh crap we're like, we don't know what where we are you know there's no sign of any deer we're up, we're up at like 10,000 feet elevation in october you know, it's just it just doesn't look like it was going to be a fun hunt at all. And, but the but we also knew that the genetics are there. I mean, this is one of the units in Colorado where if there's a 200-inch deer shot every year, it's probably coming out of this unit or you know a handful like it. But so, anyways, we um, we just kind of drove down the road on the four-wheeler and we're like, well, let's just get off and hike, I guess. So. We got off the four-wheeler, and, and I had never hunted in really, really thick timber before. Most of the stuff that we hunt down here is like rolling hills of cedar and sagebrush, and there's like big hills and stuff, but it's nothing like 10,000 feet elevation, you know, thick forest type stuff. So yeah, I wasn't used to any of that, and so I I, I just kind of felt out of our element, and it just it nothing was seeming like it was right. So my dad's like, well let's just still hunt, you know, let's just walk real slow. Let's see if we can't find any sign. Let's see if we can't do anything. So we're kind of just creeping through the trees and he keeps getting on me about slowing down. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Why we were just walking slowly through thick trees. And I can only see like 10 yards in front of me. I was like, this is, this is not working out. So anyways, we're creeping through and we hit this little fence line and there's a deer trail on it. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And maybe I'll walk down this. And, and, uh, so we start going down that. And then, uh, my dad's just walking behind me and I'm walking in front and I look back, um, at him and he, I think we had just got service or something for the first time because we had just hit like the edge of this big hill. Uh-huh. And so I look back and he's like texting and I look up and I see a, a tree that had just been torn up from a, from a deer and I was like oh that's cool you know, that's like the first, yeah a good rub you know the first real sign of anything we'd seen and so I kind of pointed it to him he's like yeah nice you know but we're just walking slow down this and it was kind of like a spine of a ridge where I was walking down and it went from like a like really thick pines to like a really cool little 
um, little patch of uh, aspen trees. And okay. so, um, and so it kind of opened up a little bit, but then it just got super thick aspens in front. You know, you know, like those those young aspen trees when they're just, you know, a couple, maybe like three inches, you know, three inches diameter or whatever. When they're just thick through this little patch. Anyway, so I'm yeah. creeping up towards toward that, and I just see a big butt, you know, big old buck's butt jump up, and I saw it bounce once, and I and I just remember seeing the fat on the sides of it just kind of just jiggle, you know, yeah. <laughs> at the ground. And I remember seeing the decent rack up above up above its head, and I'm like, well, I, I don't think it's getting much better than this. So I, I immediately threw up my gun. And I shoot with uh, what's called a snipaws for my shooting sticks. You know, they're not like the Harris bipods and stuff. They're more for coyote hunting, but they basically like they're just too stiff. Right? Like, oh, go ahead. So they they kind of like snap down, don't they? But you always have. Them yeah, like they're. Yeah, they're always just kind of dangling around, and they're they're really nice. Like I said, for predator hunting and stuff, because because they swivel really well, and they're really you, know, you can move them around. And, get in any position you want but for pulling up and shooting they're not usually the best yeah anyways i pull the shoot and my and the sticks are poking me in my left shoulder and i put my gun up to my right shoulder you know so anyways it just isn't natural nothing's right and i and i look through my scope and i see it come through one clearing you know one gap of of trees and so i i move my gun to the next gap of trees and as it's coming through i pull the trigger and, uh, you know, it sounds like a, like a big old smack, you know, but, I mean, I just thought I hit a bunch of trees. So I put another one in it, and my dad's like, what, what did you hit it? Did you hit it? I'm like, I don't know. And, and uh, I'm looking, you know, I, I was looking at the next um, clearing, but I never saw the buck come through the next little gap at all. And so I was like, I was just freaking out. You know, I'm looking back and forth trying to see, and my dad's behind me. He's got binoculars. He doesn't know what happened. You know, he just all of a sudden saw me pull up and shoot. Yeah. Um, How far was your dad behind you when you shot? Oh, like, like right there. Five, five to ten yards. Yeah. So he was oh, like, okay. right. he was just walking slow, a little bit behind me. That way he wasn't, you know, in my way or anything. But yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, he's like, and he he ends up seeing its antlers through the aspen and. He's like, oh, right here, right here. So he's like, back up, back over here. So I'm trying to, you know, get set up for another shot. And there was that fence post we were walking along. And he's like, put your, you know, shoot off of this. So I set up on that. And I can just see its antlers just going back and forth. But they're sideways on the ground. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, it's dead. He's like, are you being serious? Did you just kill a buck? And I was like, yeah, I don't don't really know. (laughs) I just shot, and the side that was sticking up had a cheater off of it too. And so you're so like, dude, it's got a freaking cheater! Yeah, <laughs> so we had no idea what I just shot. You know, it could have been a monster. It could have been a complete dink. I just remember seeing the body of the animal and thinking, "There's a mature buck," and you know, and shooting it. Yeah, I remember uh, when you shot it. That's that's even what you told me. You're like, this kind of looked like a well going through the through the aspen trees. Oh yeah, just a just a giant body on it, but I think it ended up having like a um, I I don't know how how well most people know cape sizes and stuff. My dad my dad's a taxidermist, so it's something I pay attention to. But I think it had like a 
So it was over 26 inches, maybe like a 28-inch 20, cape, which is like is pretty much as big as they get. Just, I mean, just a mammoth of a of a freaking deer. But anyways, we run or up there. Is like sure. an average size cape, like just to just to average. I I don't know. I'm sure my dad will be able to say it better. But yeah. I, you know, from what I've seen, like a like a 21-inch cape is like a mature buck. Okay. You know, a 24-inch cape is like a monster strip buck. You know, that's a yeah. big, you know, big, nice buck, you know, so anywhere between there is usually good, and anything over that is just monstrous, and you can't really account for that. You know, there's not, like, uh, forms that are 28-inch forms, you know. I think 24 <laughs> yeah. is as big forms. Then you, you have to go in and put, like, clay on the form to kind of bulk it up. To build it up, yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I actually, we still haven't even mounted that deer. Um, okay. just, I just haven't, well, I was going to do that. And then we ended up doing my Nevada buck instead, but yeah. anyways, we, we run up there and, and it, it ended up being a really nice buck. It was nothing crazy. It was like right in the one seventies. Um, you know, but we were just, I was just so stoked because it was like, uh, you know, it's basically it was looking like we weren't going to see a deer their whole hunt sort of thing. Cause it just how hot it was and they were just in that thick stuff and, well, yeah, because I was I was thinking about putting in for that unit this year because I'm in the same place. I have uh, seven points, but from everyone I've talked to, it's just like if you don't get weather, if it's hot like that, like you might as well almost not even go because you're not going to see deer. Yeah, so yeah. To pull buck out like that is on the year like that is pretty pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we were, we were so stoked, especially, I mean, the biggest thing for me, and um, I, I just like killing mature deer. You know, I, I really could care less, you know, most of the time about, you know, the size of the antlers on their head, you know, but if they're big and gnarly and I see, you know, rolls on their neck and they're, or they're mean or they're, I can tell they're old or something. That's what really gets me excited. Um, yeah. If it's like a four-year-old deer, you know, three, four-year-old deer, and it's 190 inches, but it's, you know, but it's kind of willow horn and stuff. It just doesn't get me that excited. But if it's like a eight-year-old deer that might only be 170 or or 160, and but it's just as gnarly and heavy and grow, you know, just all that. That's what gets me excited. You know, I'm I'm never I haven't hunted real tags that have been like you know the best tags in the west you know or whatever you know and so that's usually what i'm looking for when i hunt you know i'm mostly hunting general unit utahs you know you know one point draw units in colorado or um, getting lucky i I got a nevada tag but it was a pretty rough year when i drew it you know so yeah we'll have to do a podcast on that too yeah yeah, for that sure. was a rough year, and that because that that was a great tag you had, but they're just like we you scouted oh. that pretty hard. And I even scouted it with you too, but there's just not anything normal yeah. like it is normal. But you you left out one of the best parts on this story here, your Colorado buck. So I kind of interrupted you, but when you walked up, like kind of tell like how you saw the tree and stuff. I thought that oh was cool. oh yeah. Yeah, so um, anyways, I, I shoot a really small caliber gun, and we noticed, you know, how the deer would have been running through the trees, um, you know, uh, the side that we would have hit him on, there was a giant hole on him, 
which is not normal. You know, I shoot a 25 caliber gun, so um, it should just be like a pinhole going through it. And then sometimes the other side will have a blowout, but most of the, most of the time the bullet will just go in and then just hit the other shoulder and, and just stay there sort of thing. But uh, this one, there's just a giant hole going into the front shoulder of this buck. Um, and so uh, we were both kind of confused about it, but we were like, oh, it's about to get dark. Let's start caping it off. So we, we got to work and we're caping it off, and we noticed that uh, um, one of the trees in front of us had a bullet hole through it. <laughs> and uh, so I had ended up shooting through one of those aspens. It was probably like a two inches around aspen. I shot through the side of it. Um, so I didn't go through the whole two inches of it, but it went through right the side of it. And you can see it, it's just a pinhole going through and it's kind of, you know, and it's a lot bigger coming out. It kind of blew out the back of the tree and, yeah. then, uh, and then hit that buck right there and just dropped him. Um, you know, luckily so crazy. They, it didn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm shooting a, uh, a copper head, so th- we're, I'm thankful I, didn't, I wasn't shooting lead or something because I don't know if it would have made it through um, that tree. But Yeah, yeah. We'll, have to, we'll have to send me those pictures, and I'll post them on our Instagram to kind of – so the listeners can kind of go and see that because it's pretty crazy. You have some pictures of the tree that you shot through, and then the buck in the background. And the buck in the background, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll send them over to you. Yeah, it was it was just cool. Uh, I mean, it's a it was a shot of a lifetime. You know, if you if you tried to replicate that, you know, you know, ninety nine times out of a hundred, I'm I'm gonna miss that shot. You know, I forward to go through a tree, you know, hit the front shoulder and drop the buck right there. So it was, it was a good, you know, good clean kill and all that. I don't know. It just, and then it, it just didn't get better. You know, we've only been hunting for, I mean, really hunting for only like 30 minutes off of the four wheeler, you know? And so it's not like we had a ton of time in, but Hey, it was just, it was just cool. And then uh, we were able to get, you know, throw it on our packs and get back to the, back to the four-wheeler and drive back to the truck and we stayed the night i think we stayed that night in the hotel um anyways instead of just driving straight back just to relax and take it easy but um but yeah it was just it was a lot of fun man i i I could go back i i don't know if that i could i would change anything from it because i really think we did anything else on that evening and we would have had uh the rest of the hunt of just trying to find something and trying to find any deer and, you know, and having pretty tough hunts. So, yeah, well, um, you guys, if I remember right. I think you even said like, you didn't get there like opening day. Like that wasn't opening day. That was kind of midway through the hunt. And you guys yeah, that was, kind of talked to a few people that had been hunting and they were excited that they saw a couple though. Yeah. 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 It was, I think we showed up to hunt the last three days. Yeah. Um, just hoping, like I said, for any sort of weather, but, but yeah, it was, I, I just was, I just felt, we felt pretty lucky to be able to pull off anything out of there, but, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't change anything from it, though, I, um, I think the biggest thing for me is, is that hunting is something that just helps me to get my mind off of everything else that that's going on, and anytime you can get out, and um, you know, have a crazy cool experience like that, you know, I'll never, you know, most likely never have anything like that happen to me ever again, you know. So it's just yeah. cool to 
cool to be able to have those things that you can look back on and on those days when you're working and it, you know we live down in St. George, Utah, so you're working and it's 100 degrees outside and your sweat dripping from your nose. And you think about those crazy times of being up on top of the mountain hunting deer and I don't know, but it just helps to center you, you know, realize what's what's important in life. So. Yeah, for sure, that's sweet. So you kind of said that that was a lucky shot, but I've seen you make shots like that quite a bit, like. A lot of hunt, like you said, maybe like you would replicate it and 99 times you wouldn't hit it, but I think maybe 99% of hunters wouldn't hit that, but I've seen you make some crazy shots. So I'm kind of like wondering what what you do to like practice to be able to make those shots, if you do anything to like practice for that kind of situation. Um, oh, I mean, I used to. I, you know, I'm, I'm not so good at it now. Um. I used to shoot a lot, you know, and we'd go, we would hunt rabbits a lot and, you know, rabbits or chiselers and, you know, and just always having a gun with you and, and shooting around where, you know, if you're shed hunting, then you're, you know, you throw some, uh, you know, throw up a target and you're shooting, you know, and having competitions, um, you know, just shooting around. Yeah. One of the, I think one of the biggest things um, for me is that I'm, probably one of the most competitive people I know um and so so anytime there's any sort of competition I'm I'm in you know so and my dad is also you know if I'm not the most competitive person he's he's right there so we we go back and forth a lot it, it's really fun for us to you know whether it's us shooting our bows you know it's always I, I can never just shoot sit there and shoot groups you know it's always all right let's see who can get you know one here one there and one there and and I think doing stuff like that's really helped me, and it's, and especially on the, on shots like that. You know, I I've done quail hunting, you know, where you're you know you're pulling up and shooting something out of the air. You know, yeah. fast. You know, no time to really think about aiming. You know, it's just all reaction, and stuff like that just doesn't happen unless you're unless you're doing it. You know, so so just kind of I think that that helps but I mean like I said even then I mean it's a it's a buck going you know 100 miles an hour sideways through <laughs> thick trees you yeah know, I really think you can replicate a shot like that so it was just one of those things where you just it just felt right I didn't aim you know I just pulled up the gun you know the scope went right with it you know as you know I, I didn't lead it I didn't anything you know, I had the right breath. You know, it was all just instinctual. There was no me thinking about the shot, basically. So, and if I would have been thinking about the shot, I guarantee I would have missed it for sure. So, but you just got to rely on on instincts and rely on all the time you spend, you know, out shooting and stuff. And I think that's something that I I really need to get back to doing. It's just tough when you got, you know, when you got all, all the responsibilities. Yeah, you know, wife, yeah. kid, and school and work and starts you know t it, you just chip away at the time you get to spend doing stuff like that so i went out skeet shooting with uh with my uh with my family the other day you know my my little brother my dad and my brother-in-law and and man i was terrible <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I definitely am not you know you, you know i definitely would be making that shot anytime right now i've been shooting enough but I, it just comes down to time and the Time in the woods, time behind the scope, you know, time behind the gun. So, yeah, 
So another question is, so like you say you have, you kind of went into it before, a little bit ago, but you say you have like your kids, your your wife, your job, your school. What what kind of keeps you motivated to to chase big bucks? Like what keeps you passionate about it? Oh, I you know anymore it's just you know it's something to get my mind off of all of it. You know, I something to help me reset. Um, you know, so there's something about um, big mule deer. I don't know what it is, but uh, but it, it's almost it's easy to kind of forget about it though. You know, you'll you'll be going through your day and being like, oh man, you know, why would I go you know spend time trying to you know trying to track one down or trying to do this or that? But then if you get out there enough, you know, it, it's it's like any other thing. I, I you know I'm an addict. You know, if it wasn't for for hunting and fishing and all this, I would be, you know, deep into who knows what. <laughs> but uh, but as soon as I feel that, you know, I, I, you know, say I find a big buck or say I see a big track, I just get obsessed. And I just think, all right, you know, this is something that I can think about when I don't want to think about other things, when I've got work and all this other stuff going on. And it starts, you know, starts getting to me where I start feeling overwhelmed. I think about... Um, man, I wonder what, you know, I wonder what that fish is thinking. You know, would, would a presentation like this work or a presentation like this work better? You know, yeah. I think about stupid stuff like that, you know, that really don't matter. Where I'm thinking about that big buck sitting under a tree chewing cud and being like, <laughs> I wonder if he's thinking about thinking about me. I wonder if he's thinking about, you know, what me as the predator is doing, you know, doing against him. You know, I wonder if he sees me or knows that I'm sitting up on this hill, or if he can sense that, and that's why he's not standing up till after dark, you know. Well, that's one like thing that. I've, I've kind of noticed, like, and kind of learned from you since, like, being your friend and hunting with you so much is, like, you're really, like, planned out. So, like, when we do find a big buck, you like to know, like, where it waters, when it waters, when it eats, when it beds, where it beds. It's not like, oh, okay, we got a big buck, I've seen it here, so let's go look here. Like you, right. you, you, you look at maps and figure things out, and that's something I feel like I've kind of learned from you because you're good at that. You're good at kind of, like you said, like putting something together and having a good plan that will work. Yeah, yeah. If only it would. If only it would work. <laughs> work. Yeah, most of the time it works. A lot of them yeah. get away from us too. Honestly, I think I think uh, if I if I'm gonna be honest, most of the bucks that I put all my time into, it seems like I never get them. You know, it seems like they always seem out to. I don't know if it's me out thinking myself or if it's the deer out thinking me, but it seems like I can almost never catch up with bucks that I'm spending all my time <laughs> on. But uh, it's usually that you know because I'm putting so much time in and because I'm you know putting so much into one buck, you all know, just kind of luck into another one. You know, and then I'll end up shooting that one. You know, and then I'll just you know still think about the other one and be like, all right, well next year, <laughs> yeah. next year I know I know a little bit more, and you know, hopefully I'll be able to catch up to some of these big bucks that I've been chasing because they're getting old. Screwed <laughs> <laughs> up so many years in a row on them. So yeah. But, so I have yeah. another question for you. So. This kind of ties in with the last one, but like kind of growing up around taxidermy, you said your dad's a taxidermist, people bringing in big bucks all the time. Do you feel like that's kind of like like jaded you a little or ruined you? Like, oh, 
Is it? hundred percent. Yeah. So it's probably hard to even look at a 160 type deer and get too excited when you see 200 inch deer being brought in all the time. Oh, just barely. I, I mean, literally right before I, um, you know, right before I got home, I was just moving a 258 inch deer, you know, big non typical, a 207 inch typical. Uh, a 250 inch non-typical monster you know and then three other bucks from mexico all over 30 inches wide and just you know just super cool looking you know i mean that's the crap i'm around all day so yeah it, it definitely does get to you you know it definitely makes you um it, do, it doesn't help me get excited about some of the bucks that i see you know when i come out on a general unit but i think that's why i don't get so excited or so you know turned on about antler size is because i just man i see so many big bucks every day but then there's always that one in the shop you know you know speaking of of my dad's taxidermy shop there's always one buck in there that'll stand out and it's always the buck with the biggest bases and the nastiest main beams you know the you know the the most mass yeah you know the biggest frames you know you know stuff like that and so that that's the stuff i'm looking for if it's got a a 207 inch net typical frame you know that that's something to make you just you know drool at night you know yeah (laughs) or if it's got if it's got 50 plus inches of mass you know that that just makes me just go crazy you know and and i know that on on these utah general hunts i'm not going to find you know, the chances are, I know they're there because I've seen them get killed, but chances are I'm not shooting a 250-inch buck or a 207-inch typical, but but I can find, you know, an 8-year-old buck, you know, a 6-year-old buck that's old, mature, you know, he's got cool features to him, you know, he's going to have some mass, you know, I, I believe they're out there, you know, I, you know, and so that's what, that's what keeps me going on these, on these uh, tags out here, but I mean, when I was, I think I shot my first big buck when I was 14 with my bow, and it, it really did ruin me. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a giant, too. We'll have to post a picture of that, too, because that's, that's one of my favorite pictures, because you're just a freaking little kid. Oh, just a it's kid. It's a whole big, yeah. massive. Man. Yeah, like seven and a half inch bases, and you know, you know like 189 inch typical, you know, for my first bow I shot with my or my first, well, it was my second buck with a bow, but, but still, it's just, it, that's just not something that I should have been shooting at that point, but I, you know, I, I had been putting time in, you know, and I, you know, got really lucky on a shot, and, and maybe uh, pulled it off, story but, just a tad bit, because that, that's a pretty cool story. Yeah, I, well, I mean, we had been hunting. My dad had had a, uh, a Nevada tag that year, and so I had just been out, you know, scouting with him and glassing a ton with him, and and it was uh, whatever weekend, like the last weekend of the um, of the archery hunt for Utah General, whether it's like Labor Day or Memorial Day, I can't ever remember which one it is, but yeah, it was like right at the beginning of September or something like that. It was the last weekend of the archery, anyways. So we, my dad's like, well, let's go out on the Utah General. And I was like, all right, sounds good. And so I remember that morning, he's, I was like, what time should we wake up? And he's like, four o'clock. So I woke him up at four o'clock. He's like, what are you doing? (laughs) You told me to wake you up. He's like, oh, it's too early. So anyways, I slept for a minute longer. And then we, 
took off and got deep back in there, got in this big canyon, and we're glassing and weren't seeing anything. So we move along and we're glassing and, you know, all the bucks are all rubbed off and, uh, which is cool. It's kind of what I, I don't really love velvet because I've had to deal with too much of it out in the shop, but I really like hard horn bucks. Yeah. But, uh, so I was excited. I was like, man, if I kill something today, it'll be hard horned. And then, uh, anyways, my, we're just kind of, you know, it's starting to get hot. And my dad's like, well, I've got a nice buck right here. You know, look at it. And I pulled up my binoculars and I saw it and, I, I just saw it for a split second and I could tell it was just a nice four point, but it was all the way across this giant canyon. Yeah. When you say giant canyon, because we've hunted that canyon afterwards and that is it's one of the meanest it's the canyon. biggest canyon. Yeah. It's the and biggest it's, meanest canyon. It's just rocky so. and steep and it's so hard to sneak up on deer and yeah. that time of year and there's not really like trees to shade you at all. No, yeah, there's no shade other than underneath the bushes, you know. Anyways, so I, my dad's like, do you want to go after it? I'm like, I don't know. So I kind of was kicking rocks and walking around for a second because I was like, I don't know if I want to hike all the way over there. And if I hike all the way over there, I'm going to have to hike back. <laughs> and I was like, well, it's my only, you know, and mind you, I'm 14. So it's not like I really, um, you know, I don't know. Who knows what I was really thinking. I was maybe like, you know, maybe I, you know, maybe I can shoot it. Maybe I can't. And I remember walking up to my dad and saying, "What's the chances that I shoot this deer?" And my dad just kind of laughed. He's like, "I don't know. You know, one <laughs> percent." I was like, "All right, I'll go." And he's so you're like, saying really? I'm like, "Yeah." So, and I mean, I basically had no chance of shooting this deer. So I, I crossed this giant canyon, and we're walking. I'm, I'm walking up slow, and my dad's kind of walking me in, and. Um, there was a couple, you know, a couple times during the stalks that, you know, deer below me, would, you know, would blow out. You know, I was not the best stalker, you know, at this point, and I still am not, but there's deer blowing out because I'm rolling rocks and, but I was staying in another side of a, you know, like a little side canyon thing and, uh, just hoping none of these does and stuff were blowing out the buck. And, um, my dad, I think my dad could like just see like either a piece of one or he just did had his eyes on it, so he knew they hadn't left yet. So, because so the, the canyons, so he was kind of in, like, one little drainage, and you were in the one next to him, and they kind of yeah. joined up at the top. Yeah, I just so ended up crossing. There was a certain dead tree that I was going to. Oh. I went up one drainage, he was in the other, and then as soon I saw the big tree, and I was like, all right, well, I'll cross to there. So I crossed that big tree, and then I, I headed into his drainage, and he was right yeah, in the middle of the drainage. You're out of sight of them until you come to the big tree, right? Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as I hit that big tree, it's, I mean, it's fair game for him as far as seeing me. But little did I know, you know, from looking across the canyon, it looks like all the bushes are knee high. Well, they're all way over my head. So I really couldn't see anything. And so I was just kind of walking on little trails, you know, through the oak. You know, it was in a bunch of oak and um so i came to this one spot and i remember thinking you know i can either go straight forwards um you know but i was getting really close to them or i can go up and kind of away from them and it kind of looked like it would kind of like plat you know plateau out above this one bush so i ended up going up and i i was just standing there on top of this 
um, it, was, it was just kind of platformed above a bush, and it was kind of perfect. I was just looking down below me, and I'm just standing up at this point because I was like, I don't know where these deer are. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And my dad, I remember him just saying to me, you know, he's just like, look, I, I don't know what to tell you. You're within 80 yards. You know, it looks like it looks like you're about 80 yards above them. And I was like, huh, well. And right as soon as he said that, I remember seeing antlers pop up out of the bush right below my feet. Almost, You know, when I say right below my feet, it might have been 20 yards, but it felt like they were right in my lap. And uh, so they run up and over to the side, and I pulled back. Um, you know, I put, and I, and the little buck just came out and stopped first and they were, and I, I didn't know the yardage. I didn't pull a, um, I didn't pull up my range finder or anything. And my bow, I, I mean, it only had a 60 yard pin. It was the first one I, I had. So yeah, I remember I pulled up my 60 yard pin and I put it on it. You know, the big buck came and stood there next to the little buck. And I remember thinking, oh, cool, he's, that's a, that looks like a nice buck. And he's got, you know, big old velvety rack. And I was like, and uh, I remember just going high, low, high, low with my pin, just going up and down, up and down. And, I, and, and even thinking, man, it's too bad that they're too far away from me, you know, to really, you know, to be able to shoot them. And, and at that moment, I just torched off. You know, I, I, I pulled the trigger on my, on my release arrow sent and it looked like I missed and so I just watched I was just standing there watching the deer and um they're kind of trotting up the hill um away from me and I was like gosh dang it I was close you know I, I almost got that buck you know yeah you know? and right as I'm thinking that it turns and just starts death running down the hill and just rolls and dies and I was dumbfounded I'm like what you know what? I was like I didn't know what to think and I could just hear my dad he's like you know, on the radio, I can hear him be like, what the hell? Is it dead? And he's like, did you hit it? Did you shoot? He's like, what? And then all of a sudden, I just hear him from across the canyon. You know, he's like a mile away, and I can just hear him yelling. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was just, I, I was just dumbfounded. I, I was like, I don't know where I hit it. I, I did, you know, I totally thought I missed. And so, um, anyway, as I walk over there, and I had gone right through the right through its neck, right through full, uh, both the jugular veins. No way! I didn't know that. It's funny. Yeah, so it it died pretty pretty fast. So, <laughs> but yeah, I I remember getting up to it too, and you know the first big buck I had shot, and I I remember putting my hands around its bases and being like, huh. Well, I, I remember at first thinking this is like a 140 inch deer. I was like, that's pretty cool, you know. You know, but I not, I didn't know much then. I was stoked as could be for a 140 inch buck. And then I remember, you know, telling my dad as he's crossing the canyon back over to me, like, man, I can't get my hands around his bases. Like, is that big? And my dad's like, stop it. Don't be dumb. You know, it's not that big. And then yeah. it'd be like, dude, there's like an inch between its pedicles. Like, it's it's big. And I was like, whatever, it's not that big. And so he gets over and he's like, oh, it's pretty big, you know, but we didn't, even then we didn't even know how big it was really. Uh, we took pictures and it looked pretty big. And then um, we, you know, got it out of there, which was a nightmare in and of itself. But yeah. he made me, he made me pack it out on my own. He, um, anyways, it's, it was fun. It was a good experience for me. Um, and, uh, we put a tape on it and we got like 180 something. And I was like, you know, and that was like with our hands and we're like, whoa, 
Yeah. Yeah, we got to put a hard tape on this to see. And I think, you know, wet still, you know, it was just freshly killed big velvet buck. It was 189 and something <laughs> with like, it was like seven and a half inch bases. And the next measurements were like sixes. And it had great big, like four or five inch eye guards. And just, just a way too cool of a buck for a 14 year old to be shooting. But, but yeah, it was cool. And, uh, but yeah, I, I think that definitely jaded me though, because I I remember one of the next bucks I shot, you know, kind of feeling disappointed because was that here you shot a whole buck? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know, after that I went and shot I shot a buffalo on the Henrys, you know, I drew that tag, and then I I shot a giant like a 110 inch coos down in Arizona, you know, and then I you know so I had just seen just big animal after big animal, you know, everything I had shot had progressively just been bigger and bigger and bigger. And I remember the next buck I shot was like, a, it was just a nice little buck on Utah general. And, um, there was like a misunderstanding of which buck I was shooting. And I shot, you know, the biggest buck, um, that was there, thankfully, but it wasn't as big as I was thinking it was going to be, um, and I, I remember just feeling so, yeah, at first I was like, oh, man, you know, I wish I, I, I just don't feel as excited. And then right after I was like, you're so dumb. You know, this isn't about that. You know, <laughs> this, is, this is about getting out and having fun. And, and I actually have that Utah General Buck mounted. Um, and it's one of my favorite ones because it reminds me, you know, don't, you know, you, you can't think just because it's not a progression of every buck I kill is going to be. I shoot a 189, then a 190, then a 200, you know. It yeah. doesn't have to be that way. You know, you're going to shoot big bucks, you're going to shoot smaller bucks, and, and if you're if you're not there to enjoy the process, you might as well not even be out there. So, uh, right. I, as I, so I, I really enjoy – I've enjoyed every buck I've shot, and, and I've been pretty lucky to shoot a lot of deer, you know. Yeah. I, I, still haven't broken, I still haven't broken 200. You know, I've got a handful in the 180s now. You know, and I've got one over 190, you know, but, um, but man, I've had a lot of fun, so. You've, you've hunted some, you haven't really hunted a great tag. All your tags have been hard season dates or bad weather, or general season tags. Yeah, but, but we hunt hard, you know. Yeah. Well, that's and I've got the best help in the world. You know, I've, you know, me and my dad, we hunt pretty hard together. Yeah, because I, I thought I kind of hunted hard, like, and then when I had the strip tag this year <laughs> with you and your yeah. dad and everyone out there, that was, we hunted, <laughs> a, that was a different different level. <laughs> like, yeah. That was some serious it, stuff. It's hard. Yeah, that's, it's it's definitely, you know, and I, I always, you know, I, I forget about it every year, too, you know, once, once the, you know, if someone's got a good tag or we're hunting hard on something, trying to figure something out, it it definitely wears on you. But it's but it's a good wear on you. It's fun. You know, keeps you keeps you. Yeah, that's what definitely makes makes it more memorable. And like maybe not in the moment you're having as much fun, but when you look back at it, it's like those are the most fun times. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, you know, and I always think back. Oh man, I wish I would have known this, or I wish I would have known that. But yeah, you know, for this buck or that buck. But but I I uh, I really think that those those type of things. You know, if I if I would have known everything I know now when I was you know 14, I don't know if I would have shot that buck. Yeah, you know, I, I maybe I wouldn't have even crossed that canyon to go try. You know, 
you know, maybe I would have known there was no point in me going over there. Maybe, you know, if I would have known everything or exactly how, you know, how that hunt in Colorado I talked about, how it was going to go, you know, if I had still hunted before and actually had any experience in that, I might not have killed that buck. You know, I might have been walking too slow and it might have jumped up earlier you know, or I would have gotten too close to it up in those clakies, and then it would have jumped up, and I wouldn't have had a shot. You know, so I just, you know, I just am thankful for all the opportunities I've had, and I've been lucky enough to be able to capitalize on on a couple of them. And and uh, but yeah, I just I've had a lot of fun, and and I really think yeah, I I go to school every day, and um and I see all these people around me that you know, their only thing is like school or their only thing is, you know, working on this or that or the other. And for me, um, it's just crazy to think, uh, you know, I might not have the best grades and I might not have this, that or the other, but I'm, I'm thankful for all the experiences I've had because I feel like I just have a different perspective than a lot of these, you know, a lot of people do. I, you know, I've been blessed with a different perspective, just being able to see, you know, the stuff I see and, being able to diversify the things I do every single day, you know, one day I'm fishing, you know, bass tournaments and the next day I'm um, out looking for sheds, you know, and um, just always keeping me on my toes. And, but I couldn't imagine focusing on one thing for (laughs) too long of a time. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, sweet. Yeah. that. I think those are some great stories and some good insight. Well, yeah, I appreciate you coming on here and taking the time to do this in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, oh, one other time do we have, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dirty Giants podcast. We're going to be putting out podcasts every week. We're going to try to get them out by Monday um, for Muley Story Monday. So be sure to uh, keep watching and um look for new podcasts. Anyways, thanks for listening. If you have any feedback or ideas or uh, know of people who have killed a lot of big bucks, feel free to reach out um, on our Instagram page. It's um, just Dirty Giants on there. So, Anyways, let me know and thanks again for listening.